It's really lovely to be with you today. The Lord bless you. Isn't it an amazing thing to be in the presence of God? Come on, isn't it an amazing thing to be in the presence of God? It doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't matter what experience you've had through the week. When the band begin to play and you lift your hands and you begin to worship God, everything lifts within you. Chains begin to break, don't they? You begin to feel, isn't that absolutely fantastic? Lovely to be here with you. Lovely to be with Stuart and, and to know Judith. Yeah, we worked on the same team. I don't think either of us on it now, but we were on it, weren't we, at one time. And uh, it's good to work together and get to know people and respect people. And I always look forward to fellowship and friendship with Stuart and, and with Judith too. Praise God. So it's a real privilege and an honor to be here today. And I just want to bring the word of God and pray it will touch all of our hearts in some way in Jesus' name. Let's pray together, shall we? Father, we stand in your holy presence this morning. We sense that you are here. We sense that you are in this place. We sense that you want to move among us. But I pray that you will take your word and speak to both hearer and preacher alike. In the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Everyone said? Amen. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. I just want to bring a few, a few uh, words this morning from um, Matthew's Gospel, chapter 16. Some very, very powerful words. Jesus said this. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, say, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, some say John the Baptist and some Elijah and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But he said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon, by Jonah. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you but my Father who is in heaven. And also I say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. Amen. Very powerful words of the Lord Jesus Christ, very famous words of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I will build my church. I want you to know that today, in this day and age, Jesus is still building his church. Through every generation, through every century, through every millennium, Jesus is still building his church. And even in this 21st century, Jesus is still building his church in Jesus' name. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Jesus was speaking in a place called Caesarea Philippi. And uh, some while ago, I had the privilege of being in Israel. And uh, our guide took us to Caesarea Philippi. And I don't know if you know, but there are two Caesareas in, um, in Israel. One is on the Mediterranean, it's a seaport. The other one is at the mouth of the River Jordan, not far from the border with Syria. And that's where Caesarea Philippi is. And our guide showed us Caesarea Philippi. And there was an enormous, enormous cave, black cave, sort of almost two-thirds of the size of the front of this building. 
And our guide told us it was at this place where historically child sacrifice had happened, worship of all kinds of foreign gods had taken place in history. More recently, at the time of Christ, Philip the Tetrarch had invited anyone to build a shrine to their god, to their deity, to who they wanted to worship along the outside of this cave. And so here you had this enormous cave that was a a symbol of all that had been evil in the past. And all of these shrines, you could go and choose any god you wanted to serve. You could pick whichever one you wanted and you could change it every week if you wanted to. And the guide said to me, we call this place the Gates of Hades. We call this place the Gates of Hades. Now remember, Jesus stood with this as the backdrop and he said, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. Come on, say amen to that. Let me say this, we live in a day of so many different doctrines and so many different ideologies and so many cults and so many ideas and so much stuff that is evil. But I want to tell you today that Jesus is still building his church and the gate of Hades will not prevail against it. Hallelujah. Do you believe that? Can you say amen to that? Hallelujah. The church is alive and the church is well. In Jesus' name. Amen. And whatever challenges we have to face, whatever circumstances we find ourselves in, Jesus has always been building his church and he always will build his church. Hallelujah. Praise God. I guess kind of what church? There's lots of churches around, isn't there? You know, you kind of, some people like the, some people like the Hillsongs type model, you know, and some churches are family churches and some are worship-based churches, some are teaching-based churches, some are seeker-friendly churches. I just, just heard recently there's something called Messy Church. I always thought that was my church, but, but, um, but it's, it's just a different form of worship. So which church is Jesus building? He's building every church where Jesus is honored, where Jesus is glorified, where Jesus' name is being lifted up. That's where Jesus is building his church. Denominational background changes, styles of worship, styles of ministry, they will all be changing at times. But Jesus is still building his church. And I'm glad to be a part of it. You're glad to be a part of it? Hallelujah. Bless the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, yes, he's building his church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. But what is the church? It's a place where God's people meet together to worship him and to praise him. It's a a place where people should get saved. It's a place where bodies should be healed. It's a place where the power of God should be manifested. It's a place where we worship God. It's a place where we love him, where we serve him. It's a place where Jesus is glorified. That's the church of Jesus Christ. Paul, the apostle, said, 
you are the body of Christ and members individually of it. Every one of us are a part of it. We make up the body of Christ. You see, the church is where people live and behave like Jesus. We are his body. Where the fruit of the Spirit flows through our lives. Where that love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, meekness, faith and self-control. Where those things flow into our lives and flow out of our lives. That's where Jesus is being glorified. And that is the church that the devil hates. That is the church that the world needs to see where the love of God is manifest in our lives. Where Jesus is being glorified through us. Hallelujah. We are the body of Christ. We are the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. When we live like Jesus. When we behave like Jesus. And you know and I know that the world have seen a different image of the church in recent times. So it behoves us to present the church of Jesus Christ as the people who love him and people are like him and people who serve him. Hallelujah. And there's no excuse for anything else because Jesus said, I've called you to be my people and to show my love and grace through your lives. You say, I'm into that? Hallelujah. The church will change, but the church's message never changes, does it? What does the Bible say? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Things may change, the world may change but the gospel message never changes. Jesus wants to come into our lives and to change our lives for the better. The gospel message never changed. We will all to Bethlehem. We will always point to a virgin birth. We will always point to a cross on a hill. We will always point to an empty tomb. We will always point to the resurrection because this is our Jesus. This is the gospel message that comes into our lives to change people's lives for the better. I loved hearing what you were talking about in evangelism yesterday and reaching out to people. Change their lives for the better. Lord, help us. That's what the gospel does, isn't it? Changes people's lives for the better. I was invited a little while ago to attend a lady's 70th birthday. And uh, I didn't know most of the people there, but I remember her. And she got saved in a crusade in our town. And I was asked to visit her and maybe help uh, connect her with a church after the crusade was over. And I went to see this lady, and she was a fairly needy lady, and I couldn't believe it. I walked in, she'd all come in, and the first thing she said to me was, will you pray for my cat? And I thought, pray for your cat. She said, another pastor's been here, and he wouldn't pray for my cat. Will you pray for my cat? I said, what's wrong with your cat? She said, it, it's got cancer. Will you pray for my cat? Do you know, in, in those seconds, my mind has gone through every page in the Bible. Is there an example there to pray for somebody's cat? I couldn't find one anywhere. But I couldn't find one that said, don't pray for a cat either. So I, la I laid hands on this cat and I prayed for this cat in the name of Jesus. 
Anyway, we had a time. This lady joined the church. She's been in the church for 35 years, still serving God, still going on, all because I prayed for a cat. Isn't that incredible? Isn't that all because I prayed for a cat? And she invited us to this 70th birthday. And before anything else happened, she said, I want to introduce you to two people who changed my life for the better. Stephen Lynn Page, would you stand up? And we stood up and felt so embarrassed. It's not us that changes people's lives. It's Jesus. But we were able to introduce this lady to Jesus. And that's what the gospel is about. It's about changing people's lives. Hallelujah. By the way, the cat died. <laughs> so my, the healing didn't quite work. But the grace of God was working in somebody's life. And that's what matters, isn't it? In Jesus, Oh, God help us. The message never changes. Jesus comes to change people's lives because of the love of God. Amen. Come on, say amen, will you? Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Now, where am I? Where am I? Here we are. Can I just mention... I'll just mention something. You know, the church is always going to be a work in progress. Did you know that? I mean... <laughs> I mean, Jesus said, I will build my church. The whole concept of a building is until it is complete, it's changing all the time, isn't it? Do you understand what I'm saying? Um, the Apostle Paul says, you are the body of Christ. And if you are in a body, your body is always changing, isn't it? There are changes that take place. I know. Every morning I look in the mirror, I see my body changing. I don't like what I see. My wife, she buys me this anti-aging cream. <laughs> I have to rub this and, and I have an exfoliant as well. And then she said, but there's a base cream you need to use as well. And I rub this stuff on and I look the same age. You need to understand, my wife's older than me, but she looks younger than me. It's incredible. I think it's all the time she spends at... There's a, there's a beauty saloon not far from where we live. But you know, when you look at yourself, you know you are changing. Can I just say, let's understand the Church of Jesus Christ. There will be changes that take place. There will be development. There will be maturity. There are different styles of songs. There are different versions of the Bible. There are different approaches. There are different styles. And there are different pastors. Can't get much more different than Pastor Stuart and me, can you? I mean, he's shorter, I'm taller. He's thinner, I'm fatter. He's younger, I'm older. Yet we're different. And we will be changing. And can I just say, as a church of Christ, let's be ready to adapt to change when it comes. Can I say that? Because it's going to, I know this, because I've just handed over the senior leadership of my church to a younger man, and there have been changes. And sometimes we struggle with change, don't we? Sometimes it's not easy for us. The message doesn't change. The Bible doesn't change. Jesus doesn't change. The values and the principles we live by doesn't change. But maybe the way we do things sometimes does change. And let's be ready to adapt, to let God use us, let God work through us. We're living in a changing world. 
And it's inevitable that as churches, things will change. But the essential truth is exactly the same in the name of Jesus. Can we say amen to that? Lord help us. Believe you me, I've been through it and I've seen some changes. And you know what happens with change? We don't like change, do we, sometimes? Sometimes we like things to stay exactly as they've been for the last 10 years or 20 years or whatever it is. And I understand that and it's not always... I don't always like the changes. I don't always like them. But you know, there are two things. One is preference the other is principle the principle never changes and that's the word of God and his truth we may not get our preference all of the time but if there's that humble acceptance of God working in his church Jesus is building his church even through the changes to become the people of God he wants us to be come on say amen or something amen Hallelujah. Do you still love me? You said I didn't love you in the first place. No. You see, I believe the church must reflect the ministry of Jesus Christ. Can I say this to you this morning? I'm so glad to see people operating prophetic ministry here today. The church must reflect the ministry of Jesus. Jesus said to his disciples, greater things than these shall you do because I go to the Father. Is, is, that, is, is that true? Is that true? And Jesus walked in this, this earth. He prayed for people. Miracles happened. People were healed. He blessed people's lives. Jesus said, if you believe in me, you will do even greater things than these because I am going to my Father. Did Jesus mean that? You know, we live in a very changing world. And, and there are so many religious ideas and doctrines around. And sometimes people struggle to believe what we believe in the Bible. I remember Jesus speaking to his disciples on one occasion. And he said, look, believe that I'm in the Father. And the Father is in me. But if you can't do that, believe me for the very work's sake. Because you see my power in action, believe me because you see my power in action. And I believe the church of Jesus Christ, the church that Jesus is building, is a church where we see the power of God amongst us. Where we see God moving in a dynamic way amongst his people. In Jesus' name. That's why, that's why God has given us through the Spirit the gifts of the Spirit. So the gifts of the Spirit flow through the church and they bring a, a divine, they bring a supernatural dimension to what we are. Because people come into church and things begin to happen and they go away and they say, God is in that place. They may find it difficult to understand the theology. But when they see God's power in our lives, it changes them. And then they find it easier to believe the theology. Is that true? Lovely to hear those gifts operating this morning. A while ago, um, I was waiting on God before the morning service. And I, I just felt that God said to me, I want you to pray for 
people in church that got relatives in another country who are sick. That's unusual, isn't it? Actually, it's not too unusual for us because there are over 40 different nations in the church. But I just felt God said to that. We came to a moment in the service and I just said, I just feel God wants us to pray for people who have relatives or friends who are sick and unwell in another church. And I'd barely got the words out of my mouth when a girl ran to the front. A girl, a young woman, weeping at the front. And I said, did you want us to pray? She said, yes, please. I said, what's happened? She said, you'll never believe this. She said, I'm walking down the street here. She said, I have just had a telephone call from my auntie in Jamaica telling me my mum is really sick, very poorly, and could even die. She said, I'm walking down the road, and she said, I need to get someone to pray for my mum. She's in Jamaica. I need to get someone. Where do I go? She said, and there's your church. So I come in through the doors. She said, the first thing I hear when I get through the doors, we're going to pray for somebody who's sick in another country. She said, my goodness, God knows all about my situation, doesn't he? And I said, absolutely, he does. What is happening there? That's not some outstanding miracle. That's not raising the dead. But my goodness, that lady knew that God knew about her situation. And she went away knowing that God had met with her. And isn't that what the church of Christ should be? That place where God meets with us, where God touches our lives, where God changes people. Just a couple of weeks ago, I was... I'm, I'm always waiting on God. I, I have to tell you this. I never go to church. I never come to worship God without I don't believe for a miracle somewhere. I, want to, I, I just want God to move in somehow and do something out of the ordinary. I expect it. My father was a Pentecostal pastor for many years and I remember saying to him on one occasion, Dad, why don't we see more miracles? He said, because we don't expect them. Are you, do you understand what I'm saying here? Why don't we see more miracles, Dad? Because we don't expect them. Since that time, every time I meet together with God's people, I expect God to do something. I, I expect God to step in. And so I was praying. It was only a couple of weeks ago. And I just felt God said to me, there's someone in church today is just tired of life and actually been thinking about committing suicide. And I'd been reading through Matthew 11 where Jesus said, you know, for those who are weak and weary among you, come unto me and I will give you rest. And I felt God spoke to me through that. Uh, and I went to church and I thought maybe like these um, ladies came this morning or that gentleman and gave a word and thought maybe I'll get a chance for that. There was no chance for that. And then I thought, well, maybe there'll be a message in tongues and I can, it will come out as an interpretation. There was no message in tongues and... And afterwards I thought, oh, I might have got that wrong then because there was just no opportunity here today. And we have two morning services, one back on back. And between the services, Stuart brought this gentleman up to me and said that he'd like to talk to you. I said, okay, um, let's go over to the lounge. And we went over to the lounge. I said, what's, what's the problem? Well, he said, I've just been feeling like committing suicide all week. He said, I'm just tired of life, I'm fed up. He said, and I, there's just no other way for me. And I said to him, my goodness, God gave me a word for you this morning. And I told him, you should have seen the smile come on his face as he gave his heart to Jesus. 
And then he went away and he said, you have given me fresh hope. Isn't that what the church should be? Isn't that what the church should be? Aren't we Pentecostal? Don't we see the power of God in? And I believe that our churches should be places where the power of God is manifest. And we need to come together expecting it. Praying for it, anticipating it. It will happen. I want to tell you, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. He is still breaking chains. He is still setting people free. He is alive and well, and the church is alive and well. Let's find out what we believe. Let's hold on to what we believe. Let's move forward on what we believe. Jesus said, I will build my church. And it is a church that should reflect the ministry of Jesus Christ. You say, Amen to that. Perhaps one thing in closing the church needs to be a steadfast church. You know, the church has been through many trials and challenges historically. It has been persecuted, it has been maligned, it has been driven underground, it has been treated as irrelevant. But Jesus is building his church. And it is still... Do you know the church of Jesus Christ is bigger today than it's ever been? With all of the problems, with all of the challenges, with all of the diversity that we live in, the church of Jesus Christ is bigger now than it has ever been. But Paul wrote to the Corinthians, and you know Paul had some problems with the Corinthian church. And uh, churches do sometimes have their problems, don't they? And Paul wrote to the Corinthian church, and he just said to him, he said to them, he said, Be steadfast, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for you know that your work and your labor is not in vain. Be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. If we need anything in the church, can I say this please? We need steadfast Christians. People who will stick through thick and thin. People who will be reliable. People who will be faithful. People who will be there. People who can stand the test of time. People who won't give up, but will keep pressing forward to work with Jesus to build his church. Do you understand what I'm saying? Lord, help us in Jesus' name. And I don't know whether there's someone here you feel like giving up or you feel like you're getting tired or you feel like things are too much. Keep going. Keep going. Hold on to God's promise in your life. Don't give up. Even though things may be against you or be difficult, just keep going. Be st- it doesn't say be stuck fast. It says be steadfast. And there's a difference between stuck fast and steadfast. Steadfast is keep going, keep going with Jesus. Amen. I used to have people come to me with, you know, these forms that I had to sign for. They wanted their children to go to a faith school or a church school. And I had to sign a form um, to say that the parents attended church regularly. And in brackets after regularly, it said once a week. Now I get the forms through from the schools and it says do these 
parents and the children attend your church regularly, i.e. once a month. What a change, isn't it? What a change. When Paul says be steadfast, I believe we should, failing any, anything, in that we should be in the house of God on a regular basis. We should be in church on a... Yeah, it's so... I don't know if you've got Sky or if you've got Netflix or whatever, but there's so much stuff there to keep you away from church. There are so many things to keep you away from church. Paul says, be steadfast, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And if Christ is building his church today, it needs a steadfast people. People who hold on to God, people who will keep going, people who will not let go, people who will let God use their lives in Jesus' name. And I believe Jesus needs a steadfast church today. You say amen to that? I went into an Ikea store a while ago and uh, they had a a chair on display in a big Perspex box. And inside the Perspex box was a machine that had simulated somebody sitting on a chair ten times a day for ten years. And the, 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 the idea was to show people, because you know, like, IKEA stuff's not like um, teak or oak, is it? You know, it's, it's kind of made up wood, isn't it? And that kind of, I quite like it, but it's kind of made up stuff. And so people think maybe it's not durable. And so they did this experiment to show that one of their chairs had been simulated for somebody sitting on it ten times a day for 10 years and it looked as good as new see the durability of our chairs somebody visited the Ikea store and tweeted something online and he showed the same chair completely ripped apart by his dog (laughs) and he said The chair may stand their durability test, but it didn't stand my dog test. (laughs) Uh, You know, some of us have to be able to stand the dog test. Sometimes we get chewed up a bit, don't we? People say things, people do things. Sometimes we get hurt and we think, you know, I've, I've had enough of this, I think I need to pack this in. No, you don't. No, you don't. You keep going. Be steadfast. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Sometimes you just have to keep going. Did you know that? Amen? Amen. Did, you hear, did you hear about two frogs that fell in a bowl of cream? And they were swimming round and round and round and round. And they just couldn't get out. It was impossible to get out. And one of them said, well, I can swim around in this cream for about the next three or four hours but I'm going to die anyway so what's the point so his legs and front legs flew up in the air sunk to the bottom and he died the other one said do you know what I'm going to keep swimming and even if I'm going to die in four hours time I'm going to swim until every ounce of my breath is gone and if I die I die but I'm going to keep going And he just kept swimming round and round and round. And eventually the cream turned into butter and he was able to hop out into freedom. (laughs) Sometimes you have to keep 
going. Keep on. Paul says, be steadfast, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for you know your labor is not in vain. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The gates of Hades will not prevail against it. And that means the church here in Tunbridge Wells. That's where Jesus is building his church for you. The Lord bless you. The Lord bless you. Could we just stand together and pray for a moment? And I just thank God for his love and his grace and his word. I just know that God is a faithful God. I don't know whether the band could just come and play something quietly for us. And I just said to you that I, just, I never come without believing God for a miracle, for God to do something. I don't portray myself as any great person, but I do believe in a great God. And I just wondered if there's someone here this morning and you just need God to do something in your life. You just need a bit of a miracle in your life. And in faith, you want to reach out and, and trust God for that. then I'd maybe just like to pray with you just for a few moments and identify with that and, and, and ask God to help you and minister to you. And if the band can just play quietly, if you just feel you want to believe God for something in your life, I'm going to invite you just to come and stand here at the front and we're just going to lay hands quickly and briefly but to pray in Jesus' name. Maybe this is your day for a miracle to happen maybe this is your day for the chain to be broken of, of some kind I don't know just lift our hands to heaven if we can for a moment and if you feel that you like prayer you'd like ministry in some way would you just kindly make your way to the front we'll just give you a few moments if not then we'll pray and bring the service to a close but if you feel you want to just trust God for something this morning Come and stand in Jesus' name.